You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Dexter. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Dexter news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Dexter. Welcome! It is After Buzz TV for Dexter. This was episode seven from season six. I'm with the beautiful diva Kristen. They're calling me a diva because I didn't like my camera angle. And and please call in and let us know how she looks. Because evidently we need to know. But if you do want to call in 424-256-1729, we'd love to have some input on some Dexter fans from Dexter fans. Um, to you if know, out there become still. part of this conversation. <laughs> um, so this one was called Nebraska, and that's where they went. They took a road trip, Kearney, Nebraska. And uh, Dexter has a new passenger, a new dark passenger from from the past. Did you miss me, brother? He was funny though. He I was actually, actually he was a lot more funny in this episode yeah. than he ever was. In this episode ice, was actually was funny. The ice truck killer. Mm-hmm. He, they really played with him. <laughs> Quite a bit. Adjusting my camera angle. See, again? I told you. Nice. <laughs> I'm not wrong about this. Nice. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed his presence. It was funny, but a, a little dry this episode. I don't have a whole lot to talk about. Well, here's what I was thinking when I was watching Brian. Not only did I find it very funny, and they did give mm-hmm. him a lot of, you know, the the comedy relief. A little stand up uh, routine there. <laughs> a lot of times. And like they'd they'd have him eat. You know, yeah. he's at the table eating. Oh, thank God, he's I'm so ghost. hungry. <laughs> um, he really was trying to swing Dexter back from everything that Brother Sam exposed him yeah. to, and all that you know, doubt and geez, am I right? And he saw this opportunity, came in, and said, "Nah, let's go to the other side." And he swung that pendulum just as hard as he possibly could. Well, at a good time. I mean, Dexter was vulnerable. He was letting that darkness in at this point in his life because he was he has just experienced so much with yeah. losing his friend, Brother Sam, who he was really closer to than he would like to admit. And then and then having the realization of, you know, you believe all of this, but in the end nothing really changes because he's face to face with a guy laughing at him that killed Brother Sam. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can believe it because you're a sucker. But I'm not, and you know I'm getting off scot free. And then here comes Brian saying, "That's what I've been trying to tell you. Now let me show you how much fun you can have being who you are." And that seemed to be the real uh, fight, or the real, the real mm-hmm. challenge that it kind of goes along with how Nick went back to the gang 
mm-hmm. whenever Brother Sam's word didn't turn out to be exactly what he had hoped for. Right. And I feel like here with Dexter, he went back to killing. To the back gang. Back with his brother. Back right. to the gang. And the whole time Brother saying, this is how it could have been. This is, you know, we could have been doing this all along. Um, and And Brian was continually just challenging Dexter about his about the code right and about how silly it was and this is not what it's about you know and and trying to warm his way into the the core the dark core uh that and I was just thinking man if he gets in there and, and if he gets a hold of that mm-hmm. it, you know cuz at that you know I was like going I don't know if, where they're going with this, but if if they let someone like Brian actually get that deep, that's that's a mess. I don't know where you're going to go. You know what? It was Dexter's relapse. You know, we've talked about his triggers, and I think his trigger in going back to that person who enjoys killing so much and watching the light go out of people's eyes is whenever, you know, he loses somebody really close to him. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have anyone to turn to. So in this point, he turned to his dead brother, you know, and mm-hmm. who is clearly the darkness that he let back in at such a vulnerable time. The other thing that I liked about that was um, th- what the brother was bringing into the situation. When when the dad – when Dexter has conversations with the dad, it really is – Dexter's higher self just talking to him. You know, the the dad isn't introducing anything. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of just a therapist. You know, well, what do you Mm -hmm. think? What do you think? Brian is like, no, he's over over here. You know, the angel and the devil. But he's a lot more proactive in getting Dexter to do stuff. You know what I mean? As as for for instance, if if when Dexter goes back to the motel, the dad would probably say, "Well, where do you think he would be?" As opposed to Brian pointing out the bar and going, "Dex, he's in here." You know, so (laughs) they had Brian a lot more like, "Come on, you know, let's do this together." Really, they were really pushing the, you know, we're doing this together. Woo! To the point where when the pitchfork came in, both of us just went, "What?" Okay. Yeah, little... because it really looked like Brian yeah. grabbed the pitchfork and stabbed him. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I really think that's how they filmed it, actually. Well, that was with the mm-hmm. uh, you know idea being that somehow, you know, Dexter had that sort of speed and agility with a cocked gun. Um, and the only way you're going to get out of that is something to come from surprise. Super so, so that was kind of where you just had to go, okay, you know, poetic license. Okay, we're just going to... We're gonna roll with that one. Right. Uh, it's a cool, you know, cool twist, cool, you know, visual. Uh, yeah. Not as cool as American Gothic right afterwards, <laughs> though, which is really, really funny. And the, which symbol, the bloody pitchfork, right? I mean, I, I hope people caught that <laughs> the picture in the background, and Dexter is standing there with the pitchfork and his brother. And I hope so. That painting, American Gothic, actually symbolizes hard labor. Ah. <laughs> But it didn't come across that it was so hard for him to kill. I was just yeah. trying to figure out what the deal was with the motel clerk. As soon as they got there, and I'm like, going, what? what's the deal here? And then to have that pay off where the brother's actually saying, this is not about a code. This is about the light that goes out. 
that's and and that's where he mm-hmm. I think that's where he was the closest to grabbing a hold of Dexter's core. Right. Just like going, come on, we are one. Let me just let me just write get in there and just, you know, I'll I'll do the driving. You just trust me. Mm-hmm. When he was talking about the light going out and then when they're talking about, you know, what's next? Uh, Jonah and then and then we just keep going. I really do feel like Dexter has been hesitant to kill, though, since Brother Sam has come into his life. There's definitely, he's he's taken a minute, he's hesitating, he wants to see, he talks to his victims more before he puts them on the kill table. And I feel like he wants, he absolutely wants to see that they have no remorse for what they've done in order for him to kill them. But here's the weird thing. Ever since Brother Sam, there hasn't been a kill table. They've all been... Um, just mm-hmm. spur of the moment, right. you know, um, and, and in fact, listening to Brian, he was getting sloppier and sloppier in what right. he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, another great example of Brian just going when he's trying to get to the window, you know, Brian's saying, it's the Midwest. They don't lock their doors. <laughs> um, but I, I think he's going just, uh, just like I said, I think it, it, he was just a little bit sloppier. Definitely right. with um who was the kid that he killed last week? Nick? Nick. Nick. Yes. Where he just runs in. I mean, anybody could have seen that. Right. And well, then, here he just dumps the uh, shady norm in the uh, mill, silo. in the silo with all the seeds. Somebody's definitely going to find him eventually. Yeah, probably. What do you do with the pitchfork? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Throw it in the... I mean, he's getting very messy. Do you think that really happens if you dump somebody in a silo and the seeds just eat you they just kind of swallow you up i, I do think so because yeah. i think the mass is heavier that it, it just finds its way down yes let's try it <laughs> there's anybody out there with a silo that would like to our midwest let fans, us have a can you please call in and let us know experiment <laughs> call in at 424-256-1729 let us use your silo the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect <laughs> the views of AfterBuzz tv or its owners or principals <laughs> that's true Thank you, DJ Jesse. So we got to, so, um, I forgot where we were. Oh, Brian. And oh. crazy Brian. And, you know, for a while there, I was thinking um, Dexter was trying to play him. I just got this feeling like Dexter was like going, look, I can't control this guy, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of him enough that if I don't try to control, uh, you know, keep him like everything's cool, his something brother. bad might happen. Yeah, his brother. There was a moment in there. It was um, – well, his my brother notes. is really a part of himself that's coming through. Oh, that's – actually, that's where I was getting the feeling is in, when the brother's saying, what happens next? What happens next? He's saying, you know, Jonah. And then, then we just keep going. That's where I got the feeling like, you know, he was playing him or something. It wasn't quite – Well, you know, he, he's definitely going back and forth in his head about what to do next. And I feel like all of his negative thoughts about death and killing is definitely – his brother is speaking that for us mm-hmm. here, and then whenever it's positive and not killing, it's his it's his father, mm-hmm. which we can clearly see in the end where he finally runs over Brian, mm-hmm. and he's replaced with picking up his father. Right yeah. at the state line. So. It was state or city line? I think it was city line. It looked the, the that dad way. was just sitting there, standing there waiting. Yeah. Welcome back, son. Uh, and, and but there was a moment with the. Brian and Jonah, uh, do you want to do you want to revisit that when we chat about Trinity and Jonah or whatever? That's whatever. fine. We can go into it now. Let's... Well, it was at the very end uh, where 
they've got Jonah, you know, and we're going back because Jonah, you know, we know the story. We're going to go, they're going to go back and take care of Jonah. Where Jonah says, kill me because he can't live with what he did. Mm-hmm. And that was when the code came in. And that was the moment where Dexter had to find the difference between the code and his brother. And the brother, and the whole time the brother's just going, it's just about the light going out. It's just about the light and that power. And, and he kept, he was like, what do you, how do you feel now? He's like, I, like I can do anything. Mm-hmm. So he just was just really manipulating and, and going for all the worst feelings that Dexter has in all this. And it wasn't until, uh, Jonah's begging to be killed <laughs> where the code comes in right that the brothers still will never understand what's code what do you need a code for you just kill him right well my favorite part was then when Dexter's actually driving away and Jonah says how do I live with myself how do I live with this and Dexter says you just have to forgive yourself I guess a little bit of brother Sam in there yeah He's still carrying some brother Sam. And then he runs over his brother. Do you think we'll see Brian again? Not, no, we're not at predictions. Can't, well, I can ask it. We just can't answer. <laughs> no, I don't, though. <laughs> no, it was a pretty good... Uh, well, he did disappear as they were driving away. Right. He just I, I, and I think nothing. that was uh, to symbolize a part of Dexter. That it, the joy of killing, I think... Dexter's trying to kill his own joy of killing and make it just about the code. So I think that was maybe his last hurrah and his his lapse in judgment. Because if Dexter is talking to Brother Sam and, and about, you know, the light and everything, because uh, he references this a couple of times, both in the prologue and the epilogue when he's talking. Um, if he's talking to Brother Sam about that, about, you know, the good and, and the light and, you know, being an honorable person and all those things, then he has to be thinking about the other side. Otherwise, that would not make any sense. Mm-hmm. And Brian is the epitome of the other side, which is – and he's, you know, the brother. So there was that other connection of the Jonah saying, you know, of, of course I'm a serial killer. My dad was a serial killer. Uh, and Dexter knows that's not necessarily true because his dad was not. <laughs> right. But he's also realizing that he's got a son. And that's when he says, you know, what well, was this was your son. But, the, but Brian, being a complete sociopath, doesn't have any empathy or understanding of any of it. He's just there mm-hmm. for, you know, for the kill. So right. it was uh, it was interesting to see. It would really be helpful if we had a psychologist here on the show with us. <laughs> it really would because, frankly, I'm spending a ton of money on my therapy. Oh, you went for Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool too. But seriously, if you're a psychologist and wouldn't mind hanging out for about 50 minutes, uh, give us a 424 call. 424-256-1749. <laughs> you don't even have to come to the studio. No, just call. call. In. And call I'll in. pretend. I'll say, you know, I have a friend named Dexter who, uh, <laughs> who has this issue and we'll pretend it's about Dexter. So then, There's a lot of sociopaths going on. And, and Travis, do you want to get into that? Yeah, of course. Our good friend Travis and Dr. Professor Geller, uh, which, again, one of the funniest lines is uh, Professor <laughs> Professor killed again. And, and Deb goes, who, Marianne or Ginger? Or <laughs> she makes some sort of Gilligan's Island reference. Yeah. I was like, dang, took you guys long enough. <laughs> um, you know what I found interesting? And I don't know why they did it this way but when Travis was at 
his sister's house. And, you know, the colors were really kind of cartoony. Hmm. In the kitchen, you know, the really bright orange and they had a bright yellow and the yeah. lighting on the fridge was like a blue. And I was like, it's like, and I don't know if they're trying to, if trying to get the feel of like, that was not the real world that Travis belonged in. It was like the surreal sort of, you know, I'm, I'm, this isn't where I belong. It's too. I think you're right. He definitely looked out of place there and he looks much more at home whenever he's in dungeons with fire and blood. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that may, that looks, you know, a lot more real. I just thought that was an interesting way to, to, you know, kind of create that feeling of this isn't, you know, this isn't real. There's a lot of contrast going on there. So he did spend some time with the sister. Uh, and when do we see the professor when she's, he's at the at the sisters? Again, it goes to your note. And, and I, I every time we watch this episode, this show, and every time something like that happens, you just kind of look at each other going, it's supporting it. Yeah. If if I think it's pretty much a known fact among viewers that everyone's agreeing that Geller is in Travis's head at this point. I really think they are. Because even in this episode, whenever Geller comes to the door of his sister's house, he opens the door. Shouldn't he say, hey, you shouldn't be here. My sister will see you or hear you. Or He says nothing. He just has a conversation there. Right. And... Meanwhile, his sister is trying to leave for work. I thought he was supposed to be running out the door with her. Mm-hmm. And then, in fact, the professor says, you know, knock off the ceiling and invite me in. Yeah, he says, and let me in. Let me in. And he closes the door. He's like, this is free, you know, free choice. And the other thing <laughs> is he just shows up on the side yard. Right. You know, which is, again, odd because the first thing I'm thinking is, A, how did you get there? And B, <laughs> how did you know where to go? Yeah. Uh, and, and every – there's uh, – did, did they did they do that beat again somewhere, or did the next time we saw him, it was tearing up the alligator, right? The professor? It was obviously an alligator. I don't we know how anybody We figured out it was an alligator. I don't know how anybody could believe that was a body, because <laughs> it was obviously an alligator. <laughs> I think we paused and rewind quite a few times for oh you my god, you should, you should, you. Seriously, you shouldn't see me try to state my case. <laughs> no, it's a body. See, that's a, a leg, as I'm pointing out You're the like, tail. You're like, those are the knees. <laughs> that, and that's an, a hand? I'm like, I really think it's a fish or an animal or something. You're like, no, that's it. That's then, a body. Those and, are the intestines. And the torso. And the, I don't know where the head is. But it's a body. No, it's an alligator. A big crocodile. Big old croc. Terrence, so uh, I guess he was getting ready to make the seven-headed beast for the whore, which right. they don't have now. But that did explain uh-huh. all the blood in the fridge. Yes. They were feeding it to Heidi. Because they wanted, um, there was a verse in the Bible that said that they must be, the whore must be drunk on the blood of the saints. Mm -hmm. And so they were feeding her their blood. Travis's blood. Exactly. We never saw Geller. No, that was the other time where they did that thing is when Heidi was saying he, he, the younger guy kept talking about the professor Mm -hmm. and then somebody put their foot on my neck. I guess it was a professor because the younger guy. So she never saw them. She said she actually did say I didn't see either of them. Right. And her name was Heidi, I believe. But I don't think she ever says I heard the professor talk. No. 
She didn't. She just said that she heard the younger guy call right. someone professor. And clearly he's talking to him like Dexter talks to his father. He's talking out loud as mm-hmm. if he's there. Right. But he's just a figment of his imagination. Well, I, it, I really it is looking that way. And let's just remind everybody that Kristen had this nailed weeks ago. <laughs> so if it does turn out that that's what happened. If it doesn't, I knew all along there were two people. I'm just, you know. I think Dexter needs a new writer sitting over here. Oh, there you go. She's a little bit of a diva, but really smart. Not a diva. (laughs) I was so right. All I said was my camera angle was messed up. And even again today, they fixed my camera angle. uh, Jesse, is everything good in there? (laughs) Big big thumbs up? Everything is marvelous for me. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um... Now here, I thought when uh, Travis was right. going to say goodbye to the professor, and again he said, "Wouldn't it have been easier to just throw those away?" So the professor has absolutely no use for him, no need for him. <laughs> yeah, um, he brings a box of all his memories with Geller as if they're breaking up. Yeah, exactly. And I wrote you a letter. Um, <laughs> That was it, was that satis- was that satisfying to you? Because it had to have been satis- it has to be satisfying to Travis, and I don't think it was satisfying to him either. No, it was it kind wasn't. of like the professor Travis- said. You know, I think the Tra- Travis really wanted this huge. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm better than right. you and everything. And the professor pretty much said, "Now I'll talk to God." You know, don't let the door hit you on your way out. Yeah, Travis says he wants to be free from Geller, and Geller says, I release you. Yeah. But Geller says that knowing that Travis can't. Yeah, I guess he can do that since he knows that, dude, I'm in your head. Oh, my gosh. Where do you think Professor Geller is? Do you think he's dead? Do you think he's off the grid somewhere? I think he's dead in in a basement that Travis knows Maybe he's in a silo. (laughs) (laughs) Full of seeds. seeds. Maybe Shady Norm could help us out with that. Who? (laughs) The clerk from the hotel. Oh, yeah. Shady Norm the clerk. His name is Norm? I think that was the hotel, which, by the way, the pen said stolen yeah. from the Shady Norm Hotel or whatever. Shady Norm. That was great. You like that? Okay, I mean, restaurants should always put the stolen part on <laughs> because you always find pens from places they aren't, aren't supposed, supposed to, to be, be anymore. So. Um, so we were talking about, oh, his saying goodbye. And I, I yeah. thought it was... Uh, kind of anticlimactic so I, they're not they're not done no, obviously they're, they're not, not done yeah and so i'm not sure how the professor is going to get travis back because travis really seems to be standing up to him but he's going to have to come back well he's going to do something then travis is going to have to step in to try to save somebody maybe i don't know i mean travis is gonna have to go crazy get a little crazier on his own which is clearly going to happen. I'm a little bored with it. I would have liked to see something happen with those crocodiles and I would have liked to see Travis go after someone. I don't know. I feel like there could have been more there this time. We're just being strung along. Yeah, I was just trying, I was just thinking of of tracking Travis and it was um just visiting the sister and um this was really pretty much about Dexter and Brian. And they just kind of check in with everybody else to let everyone know what's going on. Exactly. Um, And 
you know, so there's some big thing with the, they need a new whore, and they're building a seven-headed monster, crocodile, crocodile beast, mm-hmm. that she's going to be sitting on. Um, and then, well, and so I guess we can finish up the Trinity and Jonah thing. Now, Trinity killed Dexter's wife. Rita, right. Rita. Mm-hmm. And that's why Dexter killed Trinity, but uh, Jonah didn't know that Dexter killed his father. Right. And in this episode, clearly Dexter reveals that to him. But you know what? Now Jonah knows that Dexter's a killer, and Jonah's just out wandering. But I think they have a little pack there because they know that each other killed <laughs> right. people. Right. So Jonah knows that. Dexter, Dexter killed, killed his, his dad, and, and oh, and that was the other thing that that's what was Jonah was so upset about because he wanted to do that. He wanted yeah, to kill his dad, to kill his father, and and felt um, robbed. And his sister committed suicide. I see suicide happening again. So yes. I'm just curious to know the degree of. Um, I don't know, ability that the Nebraska forensic team has? Because, <laughs> seriously, Dexter, with just a flashlight, figured out where the blood spatter should be. And then, you know, they they couldn't figure out that the girl committed suicide? You know what? The secrets of small towns are far more interesting and kept than the ones in the city, I do believe. I mean, most of the news that we find out about on TV happen in big cities, and I think that may be due to, you know, small towns. Not a whole lot of people really yeah, care. Probably. Or I need to say, there's a lot of secrets in small towns. I'm from a small town. Yeah, what are some of the secrets? Well, I can't tell you. Because they're secrets. <laughs> you know. Um, if you have any secrets about Kristen's town, call us at 424-256-1729. Let us know. Uh, <laughs> so that was... So, uh, again, I think that was just the thing so that they could go on a road trip so that we could see the other Mm -hmm. side of Brother Sam. I think this whole episode was we swung Dexter so far into this light. Now we need to swing him back. Right. It was a vacation to kill, though. It's a vacation to what? To kill. Uh, Yeah. But he only got one. And again, there was no planning. He, He kind of found himself on this trip, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he ridded he, himself of some darkness. He found some light in a whole other place. He realigned himself. He realigned himself with, with the code and with the whole reason of why he exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, whether why or he not he he's does. able to, you know, make that work with Harrison, you know, that'll be an interesting dilemma. But, um, you know, Dexter wasn't there for his family at all at this point. He's leaving his son home with the babysitter and she's having a date over and he he wasn't there for Deb was repeatedly calling him and needing him. He wasn't picking up until Deb called from the house because he thought it was Jamie. And she's like, I really need you, Dex. You know, my whole job. My position here at the department pretty much relies on finding the DDK killer. I mm-hmm. really need your help. And he doesn't return any of her calls. He's not being a very good brother at this point. Hopefully when he now that he's 
gone and done this and found himself and taken time to kill again. I think maybe now he's... <laughs> oh, thank God. I, I got to kill again. Does he have but to you kill know, every so often and then he just like builds up frustration until he kills again? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think what happened also with Jonah is, is he did see some salvation for himself and Harrison because I think when she said the Trinity killer killed again, he knew it wasn't the Trinity killer. Right. But she, Deb didn't know that. Yeah, but De- and Dexter didn't know that. Dexter knew that it wasn't the Trinity killer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, I'm thinking that he probably like went, "Oh my god, if it is the kid, it's a genetic thing. Is Harrison going to have it?" Cuz he must be thinking about That's Harrison when this stuff comes up. So he needed to go back there to find out, "No, it might not be that way." You know, you maybe really you are the point, end of the Steve. line. I get one a week. <laughs> And Who's I just the intelligent one in the room tonight? If you have another good point for me, please call me at 424-256-1729 and give me one. I can use them. Thank you. Um, you need to give out your number so they can text you and yes. then people won't Text know. me with a good point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, that's – it really was road trip for those two. And that pretty much brings us right up to um, – Oh, can we talk about whenever absolutely. Dexter um, – had the the girl in the gas station. What was going on there? Uh, mm. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? It was almost Again, not him. It was almost his brother. It was, it was, it was exactly like his brother. Him. It was his brother saying, uh, Do "I haven't trust done me this for this. a while." <laughs> trust me on this. I can show you how much fun this can be. And uh, it was at the, at the beginning. I'm like, going, oh, Dexter's going to try to be a bad boy," and his brother's helping him along. Uh, the oddest pickup line I've ever heard, you know, about, about, his, about his mother dying when he was three. Dying. Yeah, I mean, come on, ladies, would you ever sleep <laughs> with a guy a at your work in the back storage room and at right after he told you a story about his dead mom? I mean, she kind of laughed about it, but he was clearly not getting. And that's a question for our fans. If you want to give us call a call in. at four two four two five six seven two twenty nine and tell us, would you sleep with a man who confessed to seeing his mom die when he was three? In the back room of a uh, gas station. Where you work. I and would. there's cameras. But the funniest part about that was then, as Dexter's escaping, she's still getting dressed. I mean, he ran out of there. <laughs> I don't know if that was a little bit of guilt. But then he grabs the gun behind the counter and says, I got what I wanted. And then he goes on a shooting rampage. Just shooting, you know, different things out in the cornfield. And then his brother goes, you know, go for something uh, that you know, and then he shoots a guy on a sign. He yeah, shoots right a through the forehead. I, mean, uh, I, uh, it, it had to have just been um, him experiencing the kind of freedom that Brian had, mm-hmm. where nothing matters. Right, you can walk away from all of it. It nothing matters. So just feed your inner darkness and let's have fun because you know at the end of the day they were having fun mm-hmm. um and now the difference is when brian has that fun it escalates into simply snuffing somebody to see the light go out and that's the trip that you know he right. was trying to get dexter to take uh and that's the problem because dexter has to stick to the code and he tells brian it's kept me alive so he has to stick to that code, and that code doesn't allow, you know, th- that crazy. Mm-hmm. So he, it really, you know, you're good. You're right. It's, it's a vacation 
<laughs> to a kill, and Dexter absolutely got to go on vacation in all aspects. Right. And it was really kind of scary to see this guy unleashed. Yeah. Like, man, he could really just do some go damage. Crazy. I mean, and almost like the liked. Trinity Killer. It was. But that's what I liked reckless. when they're showing that. They're showing the potential. And how much he's got to keep it all in control all the time. Because if he, you know, if he dismissed mm-hmm. the code and just let himself go, you know, it'd be the Tasmanian devil of serial killers. Just, he would go nuts. Yeah, I really liked what he said in the end there. Um, darkness is defined by light. And without the light, darkness can't exist. Yep. So, I mean, he's at least now recognizing and admitting that there's a light that exists because without it the dark couldn't well i think he's also discovering that the code is a religion the code is his religion it really is that's mm-hmm. that's what he refers to that's his compass it's what has kept him alive um there's you know his dad taught him the code and at the end his father who you know literally and figuratively gets in the car as his passenger so uh, and his dark passenger is his urge to kill, which mm-hmm. was his brother here. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of passenger is his father? <laughs> the urge to dad obey is the my code. co-pilot. <laughs> um, well, the, the the urge to kill, but only <laughs> if you, they don't, if they're not remorseful. For what I think that father is the the force to keep you in line. Uh, as sane as, yeah, like as, sane as you possibly him. can be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, it, and the genius of the father was, this is who you are. Now let's mold that into something that will do good in an odd way. Right. And that's why the code was there. Because if you're going to unleash this, you have to make sure it's being done for the right reason. It's a wrong thing to do for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that you know is is well that, again that is his religion. I like the co- the uh, quote that Brian says repeatedly. You can't be a killer and a hero, Dexter. <laughs> I mean, I think Batman. That's why Batman wears his cape and mask and everything, right? And he hides out because he realizes you can't be a killer Super and a hero. Batman. Yes. <laughs> Batman is Batman a killer. Yes. Is he? Yeah. Uh, I thought he just brought him in and left him for Commissioner Gordon. Well, did you see the last Batman movie? I don't think we should get into that. But I, I think that, that on the, along the same lines, you know, you can't be a killer and a hero. And I'm not sure which Dexter identifies with at this point because I think now that he's killing for good, he may see himself as a hero. <laughs> but he can't. He's you know, killer. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever seen himself as a hero. Mm. I've always kind of seen him see himself as uh, just a monster, really. Yeah, and and you know, okay, I've got this, and I need to release it. And you know, thank you, Father, for my code. But yeah, you know what's weird about that? It's kind of like he's accepted his dark passenger and his lifestyle as an imperfection that he was born with, a mm-hmm. birthmark. That he just has to deal with. Like a handicap, yeah. Like a handicap, yeah. Right. And he's he's accepted it. He's like, I'm okay with it. Now just everybody else has to be. And then Brian comes along and says, that's no handicap. Are you kidding <laughs> that's me? That's a gift. That's like the best parking lot in the world, dude. And then let me show you what happens. And that was very, very seductive. 
So when they're shooting the gun, when he was shooting the gun and when he was feeling that I can do anything. So uh, it was the strength of the code that kept him from going over the edge. It was well done. As far as, you know, going on a road trip with the two, I liked it. It was fun seeing Brian again. And he's like, I'm so glad they wrote him funny. Yeah, I mean, they had to, right? Yeah. They had to. So, we want to talk about now Deb with everybody else. <laughs> oh, so, Deb, the first time we see her, she's at a, a ComStat hearing. Yeah. That one kind, kind of came out of the blue, but okay. Uh, trying to perfect her numbers. Her kills for the month are right. pretty high. And right. she said she would kill herself, but then that would raise her numbers. Yeah, that raise good. her. You know, and I'm watching her with the lieutenant. LaGuarta. LaGuarta, or is that captain? captain. She's trying to be. She is a captain. She LaGuarta. is a captain, okay. and Deb's, and Deb's lieutenant. lieutenant. Okay, so Captain LaGuarta. And, She's still being so rough on Deb. But, she, you know, there's a moment there where you think, you know, you guys, just, just one of you move a little bit, and you could actually be friends here. In the elevator. You know, yeah, just just shift your position a little bit. It Deb would not make for to, fun, but... Yeah, I mean, Deb definitely wants to, but LaGuarta just despises Deb's position because she's so young and LaGuarta's so old. Uh, but the thing I liked about LaGuarta saying in this episode, you know, this position cost me a relationship, so I know you're having a hard time with Quinn. Who? What What relationship did... Uh, LaGuarta had a relationship with Bautista. Oh, that's right. And so... That's she kind of said that this position at the department costed her her relationship, and right. she thinks she sees that the same with Deb, which Deb really doesn't have time for a relationship. Anyway. Yeah, the last relationship that I saw her have was with the uh, ice truck killer. <laughs> and he's back. Who was her brother? Who was her brother? <laughs> Seems like somebody should have known that. I mean, I don't know. They could have completely different parents and then Dexter's like the one that has a parent to both of them. Oh yeah? So the ice truck and Deb were <laughs> completely removed? Maybe. Yeah. That's po- I mean it's possible. Sure. Um, the math works. But Deb and Quinn, my favorite part about that exchange was Quinn saying, you know, getting married, proposing, giving a ring, it's kind of like buying a coffee table together. And she's like, yeah, but we never talked about getting a t- coffee table together. And he's like, but we came close. Right. How many people have you bought a coffee table with, Steve? Two. Hmm. Two. Would, would you say that you loved two people in your life? Two women? Uh, I would say that at the time, yes. Uh, I would definitely say that now it it was it's everything that I didn't realize I was going to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, with the people first... that you bought coffee tables with, you did have strong emotions towards them. Yeah. Yeah, I've bought one and coffee table. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> I've bought 10 coffee tables. Wow. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I've bought one. The line starts to the left. Wait, is that a call? <laughs> yeah, now we get a call. Hey, you want to go to Ikea tomorrow? I was at Ikea yesterday. Oh, really? Looking for a coffee table. Oh, yeah, by the way, I saw that on YouTube. No, Nicely was- done. No, I wish it was. This- no, I only bought one coffee table with... Um, another male and um, yeah I did care a lot about him the only guy I probably ever loved <laughs> so right. I mean I see where he's going with that whole coffee table like, so he proposed without really discussing it with her he just out of the blue said let's get married yeah he That's said it was like saying. he said you know I, it's like 
I, I just, felt like we were going to get a coffee table, so I felt like I should get you a ring. <laughs> right. He, he was saying like that's the next, next natural thing to do. After a coffee table. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think his logic there is a little screwy. I agree with it to a very small degree, but... Well, it doesn't bode well to say I want to spend my life together with you if this is the next logical thing I'm supposed to do. I mean, yeah. Exactly. I'm kind of with Debbie on this. It's yeah. like You might want to discuss that mm-hmm. and see where we're going before you decide to just, oh, yeah. Oh, and here's a ring. Yeah, don't just come home with any coffee table. This needs to be a discussion as well as a ring. <laughs> and if you do decide to do that, then you better be ready for the, uh, oh, it's nice. <laughs> okay. You know, you don't just throw that down and say, oh, let's get married. Yeah. No. So, you know, it works sometimes. But there was a kiss. Now, here's what's, you know, and I was, and when I was watching that, I'm thinking, you know, is is Deb in such a, a place where she so wants her old life? She so wants the gang. She mm-hmm. so wants to be able to hang out with that she's willing to throw her history away and everything and just try to capture that again with Quinn. You know, when he was going in for the kiss, right. I'm like going, really? Are you really going to just ignore mm-hmm. everything and say, no, this is better. I can, you know, let's just re Because, and I would totally believe that she would do that. Where she's at, she's got nothing but grief in her job. Yep. The gang is doing, having fun without her. Mm-hmm. You know, and here's a guy that she did care for. And, and when he approaches her, he approaches her right from the exact, the, exactly the right place, which is, I screwed up. These are all the things I've realized that I've screwed up about. See, I can change. I've been thinking about this. It's not you. It's me. You know, he showed that he processed everything and that he took the time uh, and then, you know, made sure that the kiss was staged and proper. And right. uh, I mean, it looked came, passionate. Yeah, yeah, and it was. And I, but that's the thing. And I'm thinking, OK, Deb, but are, is it passion because you... Are, are desiring him <laughs> or because you are desiring your past. Right. And when she said, you know, we can't do this, I'm like, well, smart girl. Yeah, whenever smart he was girl. like, eh, it's over, over. Yeah. And he was like waiting for her to nod. And she did. And I'm thinking, dude, just transfer to another police department so that you guys can start dating again. I mean, I mean, that's done. not why. I just don't think they're a good match. Clearly, after his whole like runoff with all those other women... I would never hurt. go back to a guy like that. I don't care. <laughs> good guys don't do that. Good guys don't do that? Did you say good guys or the guys? <laughs> I didn't hear that. I didn't. I'm not. I said good guys. Good guys but, don't do that. I mean, maybe in my mind. I don't know. Jess, let, let's uh, get your take on this. Uh, if you got dumped, would you go on a uh, horse spree? <laughs> a horse spree? Yeah. <laughs> No, my morals won't ever allow me. I've, you have a code. I well, I've always, yeah, I've like found myself in situations where like, you know what? Forget it. This time, I'm gonna be a whore. And I just, if you'd like to be a whore with Jess, call us at four two four two five six. And then I get right there and I just pull back. I'm like, no, I can't do it. Oh, sorry, you won't be able to be. A so whore. don't call. <laughs> He's not taking calls at the moment. No, sorry, sorry, girls. <laughs> Um, and she's getting heat about the doomsday killer, which is like, you know, we got one little quick reference of uh, Anderson saying, I'm well, still smart. Was Anderson there? Yeah, he was the guy that was figuring out the seven. He's the only one still working. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. He's the only one like he's in the corner. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Who they've kept alive is Lewis. 
with his game. Oh, what that he's making a That's game going to somewhere. model the department. He is weird. I mean, Bautista sees how weird he is. He's yeah. like, Dex- I want to talk to Dexter as soon as you get a hold of him dead because my sister's out on a date with that intern yeah. at Dexter's house. Yeah. Clearly and, and not Deb okay knows he's with weird because Deb's like going, oh, Lewis is sexting up your sister. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing so- something is going on there because they're keeping him alive. Uh, and he's he's always, you know, like, hey, I could do that. I could do that. So he's mm-hmm. trying to get in as deep into that department as he can. Um, I mean, his game's not going to go through. He's modeling it after a real department. That's not going to work out. Well, as soon I don't as somebody know. finds out, he's, the- you know, all the interns were using the department. The first girl, Ryan, using the department, this guy. They all have other intentions. Uh, Those are interns, though. Interns always have other intentions. Yeah, don't trust them. Don't trust them as far as you can throw them. Always, (laughs) you know, they they should have an intern cam where they just have to wear it all the time so you can see what they're doing. Just monitoring. I think there'd be some privacy skeeving, issues with skeeving, that. Skeeving, skeeving interns. Should we go to commercial and come back for a prediction? Guess what my son does here. He interns. <laughs> He's interns. What's his intentions? Yeah, I don't know. So, Ben, if you're watching. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go to commercial. The biggest new media platform on the web just got bigger. More bandwidth, smoother streaming, lightning, fast download. Get technical with me. After Buzz TV is making the jump to hyperspace. Join the fun at your number one source for after show entertainment. Look at the size of that thing. After Buzz TV. And we're back with predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Well, there wasn't much in the coming attractions. You know, coming I next feel week. like we need like tarot cards or something to help yeah, us really. with this part. Ouija board. We need to call up Geller and see what he can help us with. A Dexter board. Uh, well, that's the prediction, isn't it? That we really <laughs> we would need a Ouija board to talk to Geller. I, at this point, I think he's not dead. I think Geller's just off the grid somewhere. Travis is obviously crazy. And how do you think this is all going to end up? That's the big prediction here. What do you see I think, going down? I, I think in an odd way, Travis kills Geller and then dies. I think Travis commits suicide in a really staged, elaborate... <laughs> and, and doesn't give Dexter the... Uh, the credit? No. I don't think or, Dexter's going to Or, the, ju- or the, the satisfaction of getting him. Because he's already let him go once. But wasn't mm-hmm. there something, there, something in there about, you know, this is your fault because you should have taken care of this or something? I think there were, it's really falling apart. There's something in the trailer. There were, there's something was falling apart in there. Um, as yeah. far as... Uh, well, Dexter still says in, in the uh, little preview that we got, he still thinks that Travis is, unlike him, he says Travis's dark passenger can be killed. So hmm. is Dexter really not realizing yet that Geller's in Travis's head? Apparently not, because he thinks he's going after Geller. He thinks that his dark passenger can be killed. Unless, Tra- unless Geller is not in Travis's head, which is why I'm not. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're the setting other. it up that way for us to totally think he is, and then whoa, he actually exists. I don't know. Either way, it's going to be. It is kind of weird though when you watch Travis. There doesn't seem to be that you know weird pull. 
of, you know, like looking over your shoulder or like, you know, because you would think that if you right. cross this guy, he could get you at any time because that's worried. how good he is. No, he's yeah. not. He's just kind of like closing the door on the guy. Yeah. And I mean, he's really not doing anything. Geller's not going after Travis. He's just like making his seven hand like headed monster crocodile thing. Now, this was episode seven. Yeah. There's 13 for the season. I think so. Is there a break coming up? We need to look at that. I, I'm not sure, but um, the, something needs to come on to the uh, landscape pretty quick here because they're not going to be able to just chase Travis for the next we six or so episodes. We need some new storylines. We need some new bad guys. I think that's it, guys. And that's it. We're getting the rollout. So join us next week. And we will be here next week with Dexter for AfterBuzz TV. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, buzz you later! later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.